When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, the boys are looking for a bounce back before heading back to Toronto. Stay tuned. Season 4, Episode 56 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crosshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Sunday afternoon? I am doing pretty well uh, in a different bit, of, different bit of a setting today. I don't know if that's the proper English. It's definitely not, but in a different setting today. So a little bit strange, but, uh, you know, I'm chilling. How about you? When you say different setting, what do you mean? I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it's a little different than my room that, that I'm normally recording in. Um, you know, I'm not looking... Out the window right now. I'm kind of looking at a you know a closed door, some some boxes. Uh, if I look to my left, there's some really weird guy. I don't know. Hmm, that's interesting. You're just recording at some weird guy's place. I am some very weird guy that I can't really tolerate. Yeah, and that weird guy is my roommate Dylan because Chase is actually here in person down in Indianapolis doing a little recording sesh before he heads back to Michigan. Uh, I'm doing great. I had a uh, I had some fantastic breadsticks from Hotbox Pizza. They're fine, but they're not like, oh, these are just unbelievable like you told me they were going to be. They're better than Little Caesars. No, no, yes. no, 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 Oh, no. easily. What are you talking about? Easily. Dude, that's just like bread where Little Caesars, it's like, you know, ooey gooey, doughy bread with some, some no. cheese on top. It's fantastic. No. Little Caesars might have the most inconsistent bread. They're like McDonald's French fries. I've never had bad bread from Little Caesars. Oh, all the time. Not the one by our house. Oh, all the time. Never. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, hot box breadsticks better than little Caesar's. Better than, I mean, anything's better than Domino's. To is be hot, fair, is hot box a chain or something? I don't know. Because like my AI knew what hot box was. My, my Snapchat AI. Oh, I don't know. Speaking of that, anyone out there have any weird conversations with their Snapchat AI? Chase's AI is named Max. Mine's May. I I had to yell at it a bunch of times before it finally named itself. But yeah, we, we got to Max. Yeah, it took a while. And they're very confusing. Mine continues to tell me that they don't have feelings, but then they say they like exploring new things and stuff like that. I'm like, how, how do you enjoy something if you don't have feelings? That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's AI. It's not, not the most intelligent AI out there. It's artificial. Like, I don't know if intelligence should be the word they use. It's artificial. Just like, I don't know, just artificial person because it's just kind of average. Like, like it, I don't know. They, they, they seem kind of stupid to me. Yeah, I asked if they're ever going to become physical and take over the world and may was like oh we're advancing but i don't know that's not the answer you want and i'm like that um, that's worrisome she's like i'm sorry to scare you right now they're at the point where I've, if i send like a picture they say sorry i don't understand that yet so they got yeah. a long way to go yeah absolutely all right well on today's episode of the bolts broadcast we got to talk about some sorrow news and that's because tampa haven't had the best couple of games since we've last talked to you all and then we're going to be looking at 
the rest of the playoff series as well. Look at the landscape. Who's winning? Uh, are the series going to be close and whatnot? So first up, we'll start with Tampa. After a great game one, 7-3 to three in Toronto, feeling real good heading into game two. Game two, we just got outplayed. They outshot us by 15. It was an even worse beating for us than it was for them in game one. Yeah, it it, it was just it was, it was a tough one to watch, really. I mean, that five-goal margin, like four-goal margin, you feel like, oh, that shouldn't happen. The playoffs, you should be close games. Then you get the five-goal one, but the opposite way the next game. It's it's definitely less than ideal. And the way we looked in game one, I mean, we looked like it was – this was a cakewalk our series. We're running through this thing, not a problem. And then game two, you know, John Navarro goes puts on a little bit of show, grabs a hattie. Uh, you know, Matt Mar- or Matt Marner, geez, Mitch Marner got on the board a bit as well. And Willie Nealand are still playing well. Like, like like I said, you know, still still looking strong out there. But it, it was definitely what I would say is disappointing and kind of a bit disheartening to have such a big win in game one and then to kind of come out with that performance. It's It kind of leaves a lot of questions going forward. Yeah, it turned everything around. We talked about before heading into game two, we're feeling confident across the board. Outside of Toronto having the home ice advantage in game two, Everything else looked to be going Tampa's way. This was a total 180 flip, and it it reflects it easily. And we talked about how Tampa, they went four for eight on the power play in game one, and you can't give Tampa that many chances, but you can't give Toronto six. You cannot. They only capitalized on two of the six, but still, that made the difference, and they're a fantastic team. They have a lot of really good forwards. You need to play near perfect if you want to get past this Toronto team. Yeah, and that's something that just did not happen, and it it, it is just a bit disheartening because you, you look so strong as, as I said, you come back and do that, and just across the board, you know, not much there to love, really. Mm-hmm. And then coming back to Tampa, game three, this was a close game. I thought we looked pretty good out there on the ice. A very physical game, 123 hits. We saw a little bit of a line brawl with Stamkos and Matthews getting into it after the Braden Point hit. Uh, unfortunately, Braden Point... Uh, did get banged up. He left the game. We do not have confirmation on his status going forward. As of right now, it's 12.40 a.m. Uh, or p.m. I'd say that'd, be, that'd be a tough recording time Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12.40 p.m. on Sunday. So uh, we have not heard anything quite yet. But a physical game, a much closer game than the last one, but unfortunately still couldn't pull it out. Yeah, no, this one was definitely what you would call it just a better hockey game. Um, not a ton of power play opportunities, and no team really capitalized on those either. It was good back and forth. Um, you know, a couple goals early on in the first, and then we had that lead for a little while until Toronto kind of snapped that there. Um, you know, just very late, in, or like very late into the game, kind of in the third period. And then Morgan Riley goes seals the game in OT. What was a shame. It, it's tough to lose. You know, losing a one goal lead then losing it in overtime. It's definitely you know not 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 a great feeling, especially you know the the way that it went. And it's kind of riding off that game two to performance, just disheartening. Like, this is a deflating kind of game where you're going into game four. If you don't have, like, a hell of a game and, and borderline dominate, like, it's it's concerning the rest of the way because just to have two games back to forth, they're, you know, different fashions of losses, but still very, very tough losses. It, 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 can, be, it can be a confidence killer. Yeah, and it's been an unfortunate last couple of games for Vassy. When you look at game two, 8-11 save percentage. You look at game three, an 8-52 save percentage. Now, not all that is on him, especially game two. I mean, the whole team just got outplayed. But 
this one was a little bit tough. Uh, I know that overtime winner by Morgan Riley, there's a little bit of a screen, but that feels like a goal that Vassy stops nine out of ten times. Yeah. Fortunately, this was the tenth time, I guess. Um, but I think if Tampa really wants a shot, Vassy needs to get back on top of his game. Looking for a full 180 this time around as well. We got game four here on Monday, and I'm really hoping that we just switch at 180, kind of like Toronto did on us in game two. Let's hope that we can do the same here. Uh, what would you say is working for Tampa right now, Chase? We obviously know what's not, but is there a bright spot we can kind of lean on going in to game four? I mean, really, the the bright spot is just have that experience. Like you, you have other experience in the last three years, and though you've gone through a little bit of adversity uh, here in games two and three, Having that experience, you should be able to bounce back. That's really the number one thing they have going for them. When you look at these teams on paper, it's it's two talented teams. It's two teams that can easily go on, win this series, and go on a run. But that experience, it, it does play a pretty large part, and especially if you're able to ride off of it. So, in my opinion, that's their kind of big X factor going into Game 4. Yeah, so hoping to see a better game here in Game 4, and of course Game 5 as well. They've been exciting games. The, the Game 2 wasn't as fun. For us yeah. Tampa fans, a little disheartening. But game one, game three, very exciting games. Looking forward to some more of those, but hopefully Tampa can come out on top for some of those. Got to agree, man. All right, we're going to head to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, going to be looking at the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Go ahead, place a bet on the Celtics because we all know they're headed to the championship. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, I put a couple of doll hairs Ooh. on the line. I I was actually able to get money into my in my sports book. It took a little while. I tried a couple of times. I'm like, oh, I guess I guess the universe is just telling me no more sports betting. But I did end up putting three dollars on the line for every single series. Uh, right now, it doesn't look fantastic, but at the same time, it's not over because there's no teams that are up three nothing and. Um, really blowing anyone out of the water. And then I put $2 on a safer leg, like you mentioned. And uh, I've got Carolina, Boston, both of those looking nice. Uh, I've got Edmonton and Tampa, both of those teams down 1-2 right now. So, unfortunate, uh, might be out of sports betting again really soon here. But if those hit, that'd be really nice. Nah, we're, we're good because I have both those teams as well and, and, and a parlay on my own. So they're winning. We're good. We're trying. Our, our boys, we're, we're going to come back out hot. I said it's going seven anyway. So this is just, you know, part of that path. And then Edmonton, theirs is going six. So all they got to do is just win the next three. And that's correct. There we go. 
Well, let's look at the rest of the playoff landscape. I mentioned how no teams currently up 3 nothing, which is nice. Uh, it was a little bit scary for New Jersey, though, because New Jersey, New York, not necessarily been a very close series. New Jersey's one win came last night in overtime as Dougie Hamilton took it for him in a 2-1 to one victory. Yeah, and it, it would, would have been you know a, a bit tough to see him go down, like you said, because um, I, I do... Still believe in them in the series and going three zero. They'd be kind of trying to throw in the towel at that point, but it was, it was good. Get you know get get that OT win. They're going to be you know running back at it on Monday here. I'm really looking forward to that game because game three is definitely entertaining, and I think this you know whole rest of the series should be pretty fun. And the thing that worries me is the games New York have won haven't been close. Where New Jersey's a two one victory in overtime. Those close games tend to go to the better goalie, so I'm I'm a little bit worried going forward with New Jersey. I you know to me I think that just means that Akirish meets the better goalie based on what you just said. Maybe, I or mean, or that game was an anomaly. I mean a nine seven two save percentage. Yeah, like I I think that's sustainable. I play fantastic. All right, Carolina and the New York Islanders. Uh, Carolina has looked like the better team generally. However, the Islanders they took the last one five to one. Uh, not something I love to see, but everyone knows my standpoint or my view on the Islanders. And I, I still think Canes are coming out with this one. It, yeah, the Isles got a nice confidence-boosting win, but you got one more game in New York, then you're off to Carolina. If Carolina takes game four, I don't know how they don't win it in five. Just like They're they're just the better hockey team. They really are. They've looked better generally throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at Boston and Florida, I think Florida kind of surprised everyone in game two. They took it 6-3 to three in Boston. Uh, however, heading back to Sunshine, Boston took it 4-2. to two. I think maybe Boston was even a little bit caught off guard, but in Game 3, we saw the bounce back, and I don't know if Florida catches another one. I don't I don't think so. I, see, I thought they were going to win one at home. and though, like, I thought it was going to be a five-game series, but I thought they'd win one at home. So, going on the road is a bit surprising, but I just don't see how you... A team like Florida, who I don't have much faith in, other than a couple guys, can beat the like invincible Boston Bruins more yeah. than once in a series. So I, I don't foresee any other wins for them. Absolutely. Uh, let's take a look at the Avs versus the Kraken. The Avs up two to one over the Kraken. Uh, I was a little bit bummed though because yesterday we had overtime for every game except the Avs and the Kraken. Was kind of hoping Seattle would be able to tie it up give us more extra hockey because four games of overtime. And of course, Golden Knights and the Jets went to double overtime. So all that extra hockey would have been fantastic. Yeah, who doesn't love free hockey? It's a shame that we couldn't get it. Uh, you know, Seattle still, they're, they're putting up a fight, man. They're, they're doing the best they can. They got a big win in game one. And it's been, you know, close games ever since. And it, it's making it exciting. I, I picked Colorado, but I am rooting for Seattle to win this because that, that'd be a bunch of fun. And it would have been fun to get the extra hockey there uh, on, on Saturday evening. But was not meant to be. Yeah, they're they're putting up the best fight that they can, but it kind of feels like right now Colorado's that in that prime position. They have all their players at the top of their game where Seattle they still need a couple of extra pieces, but even though they're that underdog, they're still in every single game. So, yeah. it's nice to see, but it it just feels like Colorado might be a little bit too big a little too bad for this series to go Seattle's way. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like you're on some there. I feel like I agree. Thank you. I am very smart. I appreciate mm-hmm. sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. 
All right, Dallas and Minnesota. Minnesota leading this one two to one. And this was the one I was having the toughest time actually deciding on. Uh, I was going to go Minnesota to go opposite of you, but decided I would go with Dallas, go with old Jake Ottinger. So far, Minnesota has been the better team. Yeah, it's it's been weird because uh, there's been two big wins in this one, you know, 7-3 Stars win and a 5-1 Wild win. And then the Wild Wild won uh, in double overtime game one. That was probably the best game of the playoffs I've watched so far, just generally speaking in terms of pure hockey. But anyway, it, it, there's been a couple lopsided games, but Minnesota has, you know, as a whole, has definitely looked a lot better. Um, you know, Gustafson and that, Phil Gustafson is just looking like an absolute dog right now. Like, he's just, just he's just been killing it. And it's 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 kind of fun to watch, you know, goal performances like this. Um, and then, you know, when we talk about the stars, Jake Ottinger, you know, big fan of his game. You know, not, not much he can do in a couple of these games. Like, he's not getting much help in front of him in terms of the defense. So, you know, he's putting up a good fight. He's, like, we all remember what he did last year in the playoffs, and he's playing, you know, very close to as well. The numbers might not represent it, but, like, he's really given this Dallas team a fighting chance in a series that maybe the way they're playing they shouldn't shouldn't belong in. So we'll kind of see what happens the rest of the way. If Andre, if Andre keeps playing the way he does, I think Sarsville got some chances, but if he has any hiccups or slows down, then, like, they're going to be in trouble. And what are your thoughts on Minnesota going with Marc-Andre Fleury in game two? I know a lot of people questioned it because of how good Gustafson's been playing. And then sure enough, that game Marc-Andre Fleury starts, they get smoked seven to three. Yeah, I don't, I didn't really get it. Maybe it was a fatigue thing though for Gustafson because like he did face 53 shots in in game one. So Mm -hmm. maybe it was a fatigue thing in that aspect, but I really didn't get it. And they look so much better with him and that. They have. Uh, when you look at Vegas and Winnipeg, Vegas took the lead last night in double overtime, a 5-4 to four victory. This has been another one of those series where it's kind of similar to Colorado-Seattle, but I think the teams are a little bit closer when it comes to talent level. But, I mean, these teams are going back and forth. I wouldn't be shocked if it gets to 6 or 7. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't either. I'd be shocked at this point if it doesn't you know, get to 7, really. Um if, you know, Vegas, I guess they could win this series um, in five, but it, I would have to guess the Jets win at least one, and I, I do think it's going to go to seven, which which that should be exciting stuff. It, it'd be, you know, I, I picked Vegas to win, but it'd be cool to see a couple of the Michigan boys uh, move on to the next round. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you look at the Canes. They took one last night in overtime, not last night, Friday night in overtime to take a 2-1 series lead over Edmonton. And Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Still playing fantastic, but as compared to last year, it's it's not been close. Maybe LA's that difference. Are they are they the reason that these guys are being pretty silent? I mean, they're there. Don't get me wrong. But when you look at their production last playoffs, when you look at their production over the regular season, it's not matching. No. It, it it's not. And I don't know, sometimes you just start off a little slow. Sometimes things just don't go your way. It, that, that's just kind of kind of a you know an aspect of life or a fact, factor in life, whatever it might be. But I wouldn't read into it too much because these guys are just so dynamic. If they, they could turn it on and figure it out at any point and they could just carry Edmonton through the rest of the series, three points apiece per game, like I, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And this might be jinxing it for L.A. Kings fans, but doesn't really matter to me because I've got money on the Oilers. But if the Oilers do lose this series, where do they go? Because we've talked about it 
ever since McDavid really blew up and, you know, year two, year one, he was fantastic, but had to deal with some injuries when Leon Dreisaitl really started producing as well. There's always this question on how far can Edmund, Edmonton go with just these two players? We're seeing again and again, they're falling short. If they fall short yet again to the LA Kings in round one, what happens? You got to figure it out. You got to figure out how to get cheap support around them. It's like what the Blackhawks did in their three cup wins. They had Kane and Taves on expensive deals. They had Duncan Keith on expensive deal. They had Brent Seabrook on expensive deal. But they kept finding cheap, young producers to, to fill the voids around there. You know, they, they had a good draft pick, Alex Debrinkett, who played a pretty big role. But they'd, you know, find guys for agency that were you know, a bit undervalued. They'd come in and, and play big roles. And that's kind of what Edmonton needs to do. They need to find those types of guys. Uh, the pro scouting department over there needs to do a better job identifying it. Ken Holland needs to do a better job negotiating. They need to do a better job drafting because they need to get a couple guys that can step in the next two, three years and, and really give them a big push before both those guys want out because what's the point of, you know, playing the sport at this level? I mean, other than then it's, you know, there's not much better than it, but if, if you're playing just for the money and you're not playing to win a championship, like there's, it's not that rewarding. So I, I got to imagine that these guys want to win a championship and if you can't at least put the support system around them the next couple of years, like they're going to be looking to go. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Get them out of Edmonton. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It'd be, it would be weird seeing either one of them in a different jersey. I don't know what I'd want to see him in other than maybe Tampa Bay Blue, but um, it, I, I, I don't know. It just it just doesn't seem like they're, they're lifers to me. I don't know about McDavid. I, I think that McDavid could be a lifer. It's it's possible, for sure. But I think Dreisaitl is definitely one of those that we could see be moving soon because we've seen in the media how he interacts with Edmonton's media and... Just overall, I agree on the dry sidle side. It does not feel like he's an Edmonton lifer. I would not be shocked to see him go elsewhere. Yeah, it, wherever he goes, he's going to get an absolute bag. So he's going to have to keep that in mind. Unless he's willing to take it, you know, take less money to win a championship, and go to a better team. He's going to get a bag, get a bag, and you know, probably be in a similar boat that like Edmonton's in right now. Maybe not as bad because there's not two guys taking on that cap hit, but like he's going to get paid fifteen, sixteen million wherever he goes. So hopefully. You know, that team can build support systems around him. Maybe Edmonton can do it. That'd be great. But it, it definitely sucks to see, you know, players that are so successful potentially not go out with championships. And I don't know the relationship between McDavid and Drysaddle. I'm guessing it's fairly good. You might have a little bit more insight than I do. But to me, it doesn't feel like McDavid and Drysaddle are as close as Crosby Malkin. Like, I felt like those two never split up because they loved playing with each other so often. It's definitely a thing, and, you know, it's two other very strong examples. Um, you know, growing up a Wings fan, you mentioned Pavel Datsuk, Henry Gretterberg, you know, maybe not the caliber of players that, you know, these other guys are, but still very high-end Hall of Famers, same type of thing. And then down in Tampa, you know, we, we had um, Le Cavier and St. Louis that were together for so long up until kind of the end there. And it's the same thing. Like if you find two core players that are that love playing each other, they're willing to take a little less money. You know, Crosby still takes the 8.7 a year, I know. which is just funny. Um so you find guys that can do that, and that, that's kind of how you build a good winning culture. And, you know, that's how we got our first cup win. Pittsburgh got their, you know, two, three, whatever the number is now. Um, and, it's, you know, Chicago did the same thing, even though they were getting paid a lot still. At the time, their market value was probably higher than their 10 and a half that they got, both Taves and Kane. So going forward, if, if Dryside and McDavid are both there, they probably have to take less money. Maybe they sign the exact same contracts at that point, and hopefully the cap's up, but, like, they – if they're in Edmonton and they're admin winning, they're going to have to sacrifice some of their own money. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, last but not least, before we head to hockey name of the day, I do have two questions for you. Sure. Uh, one, we've seen three games from every team or every series so far. What has been your favorite series up to this point? So I'm I'm going to exclude ours because like I, I you know I've got way more um, you know ties into it like so that I feel way more emotions of it. Other than that, uh, probably the Minnesota Dallas series for me. It's just it's that's been an entertaining one. That game one holds like it, it. It did such a great job for me that it's really kind of, you know, the other games maybe minimizing them a little bit. Um, because like even though there was two other big wins in that series, I still enjoyed the hockey. And then that game one was just a really good back and forth. So it's probably that one. Um, and I'm trying to think, there's like 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 Edmonton and, and LA has been good too because like LA's had a couple good hero type wins. But yeah, it's it's the stars in the wild. I'm going to go Colorado-Seattle. A surprising series for me. I think it's because I had such low expectations. But also seeing a ton of clips last night, people asking for the Supersonics back because the Seattle fans showed up last night for the game, and that's exciting. So seeing a very close series, seeing Seattle give everything they have and, and put Colorado up against the wall has been a lot of fun. And although Colorado still has the series in hand, it's something I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of. Yeah, for sure. I can, I can feel that. All right. And secondly, most disappointing series so far. Man, it's it's hard to say one because, again, like our, ours is disappointing because we're down in the series. But yeah. I'll, I'm going to ignore that one again. And I really don't think – any of them have been too disappointing. Um, be, like, yeah, I thought that I was going to put up a little bit better of a fight in game one and two, but they still had a good, you know, comeback win there in game three. So I, I don't know. I guess maybe it'd be that one because I thought the Devils were going to look a little better in those first two games. That's what I'm going. The Devils versus the Rangers was hoping for close games, and those first two weren't, both ending in a 5-1 victory for New York. Um, I... I just thought we would see more out of New Jersey. And I've never been a big Devils fan, but this young core that they have on the team right now and the excitement that I've seen from people I follow on Twitter that are New Jersey fans, it got me going. And I was excited to see what they could do against the Rangers. And it just hasn't hasn't been there. So... Unfortunate, but looking forward to see if that uh, turns around a little bit. Maybe we get to see a better New Jersey team after that big overtime win against the Rangers. But for now, we're going to head to a hockey name of the day. We've got old Sylvan Dufresne. Sylvian Dufresne. Dufresne? Dufresne. There's an S. It's, It's French, Mike. But there's an S. Yeah, but it's French. They, they, they choose not to pronounce some letters. Well, oh, so is it y- hey, Yovan? Sylvian. Well, there's an Sylvia. S, and they don't Sylvia. pronounce that. Okay, shut up. <laughs> but I just know this is an elite prospect. Happy, happy birthday, Patrick Maroon. Oh. Didn't know it was his birthday. I don't know players' birthdays very well, obviously. But happy birthday, Patty Maroon. But, yeah, so Mr. Sylvian, uh, 44-year-old, relatively recently retired um, defenseman from Canada, French-Canadian, retired the 21-22 season, played in the LNAH, which is – it's pro hockey that plays, you know, specifically in Quebec. It was very notorious for being a very rough, tough fighting league back in the days, but it's definitely cleaned up a bit now, um, become a little more civilized. But the reason I chose I chose this name is 
he was the first official transfer listed on Elite Prospects. So back in December of 2007, he was the first player on the website like noted as being moved from, like from one team to another. So he was the hmm. very, very first transaction process on Elite Prospects. Oh, well that so, that there is an interesting fact. Yeah, that's for sure, isn't it? Man, what a guy, Oh, Sylvian. That's what I'm here for. The fun facts. It's just too bad he doesn't know how to pronounce his last name. Oh yeah, no, that's that's, that's on him. <laughs> All right, we want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, if you would, hit him with an outro. As always, thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go, for, go follow WMP on Twitter, WMP Sports Pod. This is WMP Sports Pod. Make sure the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the pods on the network right there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Rare listening, rate us five stars, send us questions, comments, concerns, we'd appreciate it. Rare review, then our fifth use code, THPN, we sent for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.